brother. Good to have you here, my man. How are you doing, man? How are you doing? Great. You? Yeah, I'm surviving, bro. As long as, long as I'm breathing, I'm happy. <laughs> it doesn't matter. I've, I've got plenty of trouble like everyone else. But if you're breathing, you're still winning the game. And that's the most important thing. <laughs> so, brother, tell everybody who doesn't know you your story from being an underdog, underdog kickboxing guy to becoming the world kickboxing champion, self-made millionaire, chess master, and your crazy life story. So, uh. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I uh, guess, yeah, a bit of a crazy life story. My, my mother and father met in England and then they moved to America together. I was born, I grew up in Indiana and I was a chess player. My father was a international master of chess. So I was a chess player. I was the youngest ever person to win the state chess championship in Indiana. So in the under 12 year olds, it's anyone under 12. And I won it when I was about five, five and a half. Or something. <laughs> nice. Just, yeah, I remember the day. I remember the day of walking down the hall with my dad. In the, it, was, it was held in a school in Indianapolis. And I remember walking down the hall with my dad. And I said, this kid's a lot bigger than me. And I remember, <laughs> dad, I remember my dad saying, yes, but you're a lot smarter than him. That's what he said. And, uh, <laughs> so that was that. So I was a chess player for a long time. Uh, my mother and my mom and dad split up when I was about 10. My mom wanted to come back to England where her family was. And like, you know, she had support structure here. So she, she moved to London. I grew up in London. There wasn't really a chess scene in London like there was in America. In America, chess is in the schools. It's much bigger. But in, in England, I saw there was no chess at all. And there was, I, I lost my coach. So I kind of gave up on chess there. Um, school years were fairly unremarkable. I got good grades, but I didn't try very hard. I thought it was extremely easy. Uh, I had like 25% attendance and still got A's. I was that, I, I was that kid. I was that kid. The teacher would sit there and go, you're wasting your potential, blah, blah, blah. And I'd be like, bitch, I've already got an A. What the fuck more you want? You know? So I didn't really go, but I still did fantastically, of course. Um, and then... How I'll start, I've never told this story. There was a kid, an African kid, who came to, I was about 15. There was an African kid who came to the school on some kind of exchange program, and he must have been about six foot six, six foot seven. Okay, big guy. He was huge. And I was only about, I don't know, five, ten or something. I was, I was still a child. So um, anyway, me and him got in some kind of argument in the classroom, and I remember saying, look, I don't care how big you are, I'm gonna fuck you up. So me and him. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you, you've already been confident back then, right? <laughs> you know, I wasn't as confident as I am now. You know, I just thought he's he's a, he's abusing me in front of the whole classroom. I can't have I can't take this. You know, because I, I wasn't really a popular kid and I wasn't really a geek. I was kind of like an outlier. Like all the I pick on the popular kids and I pick on the geek. I, just, I was just one of those renegades. Like I didn't really, I had like two friends, but not really. I was like a, a bit, not a weirdo, but I, didn't, I wasn't like part of a clique. So I guess when the big kid came, he kind of identified me and thought, well, if I pick on this guy, I get to please all the groups. So anyway, me and him arranged a fight after school and we did. And no one really won. Do you know what I mean? We were throwing punches. Like I tried to grab him, he was big and teachers came. But everyone loved me for, for fighting him because no one could believe it. Like, you fought, like everyone thought I'd be a scout. I was like, yeah, what the fuck? So then I decided I better learn how to fight just in case we have to fight again. 
And that's when I started. And then I, I literally typed into Google, no rules fighting on Google. <laughs> <laughs> and I found my kickboxing gym um, where I went. Uh, and that's the, that's the beginning of the story, really. I went to college after that, and I just got more and more obsessed with kickboxing, and I dropped out of university. I, I, I finished college, and I was offered university. I dropped out and didn't go to university to pursue a kickboxing career. Everyone told me I was stupid and crazy. I told them all I was going to be world champion. And uh, here we are. I've got four, one, two, three, four world title belts right there. So nice. self right. And that, that's the story of that, really. That's the kickboxing thing. And then from there, you just you just meet – you know, you meet high profile people, you meet important people. And if you've got a bit of a brain about you, you can make good connections and make good friends and you can make some money from there. So that's that's basically how it all came came about. Uh, tell us tell us the story about you being an, an 21 year old broke salesman and meeting the Swedish guy with, with the nice car and the right. girl. I love this story, man. Right. <laughs> that's so great. You have to tell us people. It was the worst day, worst day of my life. So. <laughs> I, I don't I when I was training I, I I used to eat a lot of African and Jamaican food because I felt like it gave me power like you eat jerk chicken you get power you eat, like, <laughs> English people eat bullshit food man like roast dinner is shit so I used to only eat Jamaican food so I was out I had this BMW it was okay it was a BMW nothing special and it was outside the Jamaican place and I was eating when I came out the Jamaican delivery driver who delivers the Jamaican chicken or whatever High as fuck, smoking weed <laughs> on the job. I reversed into my car and fucked the whole front of the car up and drove off. I was like, oh, fuck. So I was a salesman at the time. So I went inside, tried to complain. But, you know, Jamaicans don't give a fuck about nothing. You go inside and you say, oh, someone crashed into my car. They're like, like no one cares. So it's just like, oh, whatever. <laughs> so the next day I'm driving my, I had this really important sales meeting to try and sell some advertising, TV advertising. If I, land, if I landed a deal, I'd get like 10 grand. So it was big, oh, nice. to turn with like a suit on and nice watch and be the man. Nice and clean. All fucked up. So I'm driving down the motorway in my fucked up car, not feeling like the man at all. Because when I say fucked up, I mean properly fucked up. Like people on the motorway were looking at me like, what's this guy driving this car for? But I had no other way to get there. So I get there and I thought, I'm going to have to park far away from the actual meeting and walk. I can't let the client see my car. And as I'm trying to find somewhere to park, I get up to these traffic lights. I'm sitting in my broken ass car and I hear this music blaring. And I see a uh, Aston Martin with a Swedish number plate. It was, it was 9.52 on a Tuesday morning. I remember looking at my clock. Dude pulls up. He has a fucking 10 out of 10 blonde in his car. I, just, <laughs> I look at him. And he kind of looks at me in my broken ass car, <laughs> looks at me kind of like, oh, hi. Anyway, light goes green, boom, speeds off. I thought, who the fuck is this cat, man? He's got a Swedish plate. He's driven from Sweden to England. It's 10 a.m. on a Tuesday morning. He's got a 10 out of 10 bitch next to him. He ain't going to work. His life's, who the fuck is this guy? Anyway, I went to the meeting. I didn't get the deal. But it pissed, this guy was stuck in my head for a long time. It really pissed me off and it annoyed me. It was like, who the fuck is this dude? His life is the life I want to live. And now I live in Romania and I've got, I've got a Bentley, an Aston, a Lambo, a Ferrari. I've got one of each and they're all English number plates. And now when I, I've got a hot Romanian bitch next to me and I'm cruising down the street in my Lambo with my English number plate. <laughs> looking at me like, who the fuck's this guy? This English guy. In, how did he get to Romania with his car? He ain't going to work. So it's like a full circle. Like they give me the same look I used to give that dude. So it's just that's how it all worked out in the end, I guess. <laughs> Great, my man. Um, you say 
you're driving the nice cars, the Lamborghini, the Aston Martin, you've bought a you blow, right? Yeah, and, I've got three watches, yeah. Yeah. And um, you're living the life that most people dream of, traveling all over the world, like been to many places. Yeah. Um, I think I, uh, you, you usually like to say like saving is for suckers or saving is a lie. So um, let, let's elaborate a, a bit on this and, and, and your business principles. Okay, so the first thing about, about the lifestyle, I know I've got the life everyone wants to have and I understand that. But the reality is this, is that everyone in the world has trouble. And I, I truly believe when, when P. Diddy says like more money, more problems, for him that's not true because he's a fucking entertainer. If you're an entertainer or an athlete, you make money the best possible way because you're doing what you did for free anyway, and then you get rich. That's great. That's fantastic. But if you're a businessman out here trying to make money, you're always going to have some issues, you know? And I think one of the biggest things I tell people is you have to be able to, to deal with stress on a different level. Like most people think they're stressed and they are. And they think, oh, if I get money, my stress goes away. And in some ways it does, but then you have different stresses. Like I go to the bank and the card doesn't work and I go in the bank and they've frozen, you know, a million dollars and they won't give it to me and they won't say why that kind of shit. And then when you're, when you're, when your monthly expenses are like 70 grand a month, do you know I mean like shit, you can still get shit going on in your life. You've got to be ready and capable of dealing with these kind of big problems if you want to get to the top. So stress resilience is, is a big part of it. The reason I never advocate savings because obviously you've got to be sensible with money. I'm not telling people to go and fucking spend all the money and be dickheads. I'm not saying yeah. that. I'm saying that I was never a saver. Like even when I was fighting before I was making big, big, big money, I'd spend my last 10 bucks. I don't give a fuck. If I had some hot girl at the bar and I had no money, I don't give a fuck. I was about two more drinks. I was always that guy. I was never the, oh, I can't. I know. What about the future? I if my car broke down, I didn't have money to fix it because I spent all my money getting laid last night. I was never that dude. So, and the reason I don't believe in saving is because you can never save yourself rich. It's impossible. I see all these things on Twitter. Like if you just don't have a coffee every day. Save two bucks. Yeah. Eight years. And then eventually, like, what well, this fucking garbage, man. You're out here trying to live life. And if you're saving, the problem with saving is, one, there's no way to save really without genuinely detrimenting your life. You're taking something away from, from, from your life because you would have spent the money. And secondly is, if your income is an average income, you simply just can't save yourself to the top. So let's say you're making 2000 bucks a month, just to make the math easy. If you're making 2000 bucks a month and somehow by some miracle, you manage to eat for free, get to work for free, never need to buy clothes, live for free. Imagine you get to do all this shit for free and you save 100% of your money. At 2000 bucks a month, it's still gonna take you something like 10 years to buy my car, my Lambo. So. Like, it ain't gonna happen. Makes no sense. You know, so the only way to get there is to increase your income exponentially. And you're gonna fuck up and you're gonna lose money, you're gonna try things that don't work and blah, 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 blah. Of course, but it's important to understand that my view on money is, is very much a earn more, not a save more. Now, if you wanna be a billionaire, then you gotta do both. Because most billionaires, a lot of them are fucking boring. I could have a lot more money than I have if I didn't live such an extravagant lifestyle. But fuck it. But fuck, I don't care. I, I don't want to take it with me. I'm also a, a strong believer in, in enjoying my money when I'm young. If I go broke when I'm 60, I don't give a motherfucker. People say, what about retirement? I, say, I don't give a fuck about retirement. I'll go get some little shack in Thailand and me and my brother will drink whiskey 
and talk about when we used to fuck all that pussy in Romania. I don't care. <laughs> I'm about living now. So, but when I see people going, oh, save, 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 I'm like, bro, if you're going to cut coffee out your life just to try and save, you ain't getting nowhere with that. Just have the fucking coffee. You got to focus on earning more, not saving more. That's my personal philosophy anyway. That was always my philosophy. It worked out for me. So that's why I'm, I'm sticking by it. And, and what are like more, more kind of philosophies you live by in business? Yeah. Besides more? Yeah. I mean, I've got, I've got a few which are pretty abstract, but, um, I like to do a lot of my business on a handshake. I know it sounds pretty crazy, but and it depends on the industry you're in. Yeah. But I'm, I, I've had some offers for some people I don't really trust and that kind of thing. The whole idea of going to court to try and get money from someone and then three years later, and then eventually they approve, they get, say you're right, and then the company just goes out of business anyway to avoid paying you. It's just like it's all garbage. It's really everything in the world is personal relationships. It's not just business. It's everything. It's who you know. It's who you talk to. It's how respected you are. I say this to people all the time. If when you meet, if you meet up with your friends, and you and all your friends, all you talk about is money. It doesn't matter that no one's millionaires. If all you talk about is money, over a prolonged period of time, you're going to end up thinking of a way to make some money. Let's say you got a friend who's a fucking ice cream dick seller, and you got a friend who uh, owns a car wash, a friend who whatever. It doesn't matter. But you all sit down and you're like, how's business? Oh, it's shit. Oh, business is better when it's sunny for the ice cream guy. It's better when it's raining for the car wash guy because all the cars get dirty. Like you're just talking about money. Who's making money? How? Where? If you're just talking about it and you're around it and you're discussing it, you end up with ideas. You end up with shit going down. You end up with the car wash guy going, you know, on a super sunny day, let's put some fucking ice creams at the end of the car wash thing for a dollar each and let's see if we sell any. And, and, and then before you know it, you're both making more money. The problem is most people meet up with their friends and talk shit. They're like, I want to be rich. I'm like, okay, when's the last time you sat down with people you trust, with people you know, with people you can fucking work with and talked about getting rich? Never. You go and you talk to them about other stuff. <laughs> I mean, if you sit with your friends and only talk about drinking and video games, and you're going to play, you're going to drink and play video games. If you sit and you talk about money, you're going to think about money. And people say, oh, yeah, but what if my friends don't want to talk about money? Well, you need to find some new fucking friends. That's the reality. So, When I, I had a drive inside me, like, like the Aston Martin guy, I couldn't stand not being where I wanted to be. And when I say couldn't stand it, I mean, I couldn't sleep. I couldn't fucking stand it. It was like, I was going crazy. because I was like, I feel like I'm missing. There's some trick, there's some hack to the matrix I'm missing. You know, it bothered me in my, in my core. And that's why the only thing I ever spoke about was fighting and money. I didn't speak about nothing else. So the only people I spoke to were people who were either interested in fighting or money. And that's why I did good at both because I didn't have any other social circles. When me and my friends met up, I was like, okay, I'm broke. So are you? No. Then what the fuck are you doing? How can I help you? Let's get some fucking cash. Yeah. You know, and that's, that's just how it was. So my basic philosophy is it's just about people and the people you hang around with. And if you have good people around you and you have good networks, then it really isn't that difficult. But if you're, if you're, if you're prioritizing other things, You can't prioritize everything. You know, th this is the reason I stopped fighting because I realized I got to a point in my life where I, I love fighting and it used to be the most important thing in the world to me. I didn't give a fuck about anything else. And now, even if I was training for a fight, there's other things I care about. I care about money. I care about fucking having eight girlfriends. I care about, <laughs> I care about driving my cars around. I care about stuff. Back then I didn't care about nothing. 
Now I'm like, ah, oh, it's a sunny day. I'm getting a Lambo and go fuck that girl. You know, I used to, I, even if I'll still go to the gym, my mind is still doubting if I should. And in my head, that's when I decided it's best to retire. But you have to prioritize your life. If, and you're only going to get, if you make a list of 10 priorities, you might get the first one. You might get the second one. You might get the third, but you ain't getting the fifth. No fucking way. So where's money on your tree? That's, that's the fucking, that's the reality of it. You know, you look at these millionaires, money's their number one thing. I, I know another millionaire, a very famous guy, I won't say his name, but you can Google him up. He's famous. And when I met him, he said, people ask me how they make money. And I say, dump your girlfriend and stop talking to your friends. <laughs> he's like, look, be about the money. You're fucking around with your girlfriend. You're fucking around with your friends. Be about the money. That's it. So this is how people think. And that's how they get there. And everyone's like, oh, I want what they have. Like, well, it's not, you know, it's, it's all about priorities. So that's the reality of it. It's, uh, it's about being uncomfortable enough where you are to find the work ethic that will bring you where you want to be. And that's really how I, how I view it as a whole. Okay, and um, for all the listeners who are business or have an existing business but are not currently achieving their goals, um, I think they would be interested to hear from you what you would do if you would start from scratch, like all over again, with only 1K in your pocket. So uh... <laughs> that makes it hard. I mean, the world, uh, it, the thing is this, as opportunity expands, The internet's a fantastic opportunity, e-commerce, blah, blah, blah. But, yes. you know, everyone's on, the, everyone's on the bandwagon. People talk about dropshipping. Oh, dropshipping. Like, who the fuck nowadays isn't dropshipping? Everyone's dropshipping. So it ain't that easy. I still do believe the internet is the best way to make money. I believe that because the marketplace is, un, is uncapped. You can reach the entire world. I think if I only had 1K in my pocket, I'd have to sit my ass down on YouTube and learn how to do a lot of stuff myself. But the reality is if you can if you can learn enough web design to put together a basic Shopify store, a basic Shopify store, and you can drop shit bullshit, and you can put a unique enough spin on it, or if you can brand things in a unique enough way, even if you haven't got an advertising budget, if you can spend the time, get on Twitter, tweet at people, you'll make some money. Like I, I just thought of an, I just said that to you right now. I've just thought of a fucking idea right now. So you can go and you can just, I've seen some guy on Twitter, he, he did flip-flops, one each side with opposing tweets, Trump contradiced, contradicting himself. Trump said, <laughs> yeah, so Trump, Trump, I can't remember, the, I don't know the tweets, but Trump would say like, uh, the electoral college is stupid. And then he'd make another tweet years later saying electoral college is a good idea. And he put, put each tweet on a pair of flip-flops. So one, <laughs> so you were like, but he sold out. He couldn't, he couldn't produce them fast enough. <laughs> really? Yeah, like you, you, you could easily have a website where you just say, you know, your 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 most popular ever tweet on a T-shirt or some bullshit, and you just put in your you put in your Twitter account, and it automatically scans your Twitter account and finds your most popular tweet and puts it on a T-shirt and designs it nicely and and sends you one or or gives you a link that allows you to sell them on your own Twitter. Like this is something you can learn how to do yourself. Put it all together, blah blah blah. blah. Before you know it, you're making five or six thousand dollars a month. You can go live in Vietnam and get laid and. You know I mean, like rich is subjective. It depends where you live, how, to how rich you want to be. So if I had to start all over again, I'd definitely be doing things online and I'd be learning how to do shit I don't know how to do. I don't know how to edit video. I don't know how to make websites. I don't know how to do anything. I pay someone to do all that. But if I didn't have any money, I'd have to fucking learn. And I think that's the key. I think that's the most important skills you can learn nowadays. If you can edit, if you can film and edit video and make websites and make merchant accounts, between those four things, you can make your own adverts You can make your own website. You can drag in your own money. 
So between those skill sets, you should be able to put something together that's bringing in some money for you somehow. So that's that's what I do if I had to start again. Okay, cool. Like we we all see those like uh, skincare ads and uh, diet pill ads, and 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 I'm like, oh man. Who buys this? <laughs> But it's a numbers game, bro. Like for them, yeah, yeah, it's a pure numbers game. Like 99% of people think this is bullshit, yeah. but 1% of people buy it, and they just hit enough people. You know, it's just a pure, pure, pure numbers game for those people. So, you know, and and also they can they can prey on like all these fucking Viagra pills and all that shit. They can prey on desperate people sometimes. I just think people really want a hard dick. They'll, they'll pay some money. So that's how it goes. <laughs> Brother, so what are the, the most common mistakes you see people make when, when they're about to start a business or when they're currently like struggling in their current business? Spending money. I see so many people spending money. And this is from the guy who spends money. I love to spend money. I'm the guy in the club spunking on champagne. I got my cars. I'm a money spender. I'm not frugal at all. I'm not tight. That's not who I am. But when I see people, I get people all the time hitting me up going, I got this business idea. Okay, what's the idea? They tell me, I want 100 grand to launch it. I'm like, why the fuck you need 100 grand to do that? Do it anyway. Just do it with no money. Like if you have a good idea, and it's really a good idea and you're executing it properly, one way or another, you're gonna pull it off. Yeah, sure, money might make it faster or money might make it easier, but believing you need all that money all the time is, I see so many people doing this. You need to be looking to start businesses with fucking nothing. And you know, like bare bones minimum, because then if you fail, you haven't lost anything. And this is the mistake people who are actually, this is not a mistake poor people make because you can't spend money you ain't got. <laughs> this, is a, this is a mistake that a lot of people make when they start to get half successful. They start to make a little bit of money, go, I want to launch something else now. And they get lazy. I'll hire someone to do that. I'll hire, I'll outsource this, da, 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 da. And no one cares about their dream as much as they do anyway. So they got someone who's working on it half-assed and taking their cash as opposed to them doing it themselves for free and doing it properly. So the number one thing I think people make mistakes of is, is just spending money on shit. I, I hear that all the time. Oh, we can't do it without... We need an office, we need computers, we need that. It's like, no, just fucking just chill. You need nothing. Start with absolutely zero. If you spend no money and you make one dollar, then you're in profit. You know, like, you know, if you spend a hundred grand and you get 10 or 15 grand of sales, you're still trying to be fishing around for 85K. So even if it starts off a little bit unprofessional, even if it starts off a little bit like, you know, not as great as it could be, who gives a fuck? The number one thing I would say is, is try and avoid spending money. Because if you don't spend money, you can't lose money. And that's the reality. You can't lose money if you don't spend it. So, Okay. So um, how long have you been in business? Like 10 years or so? I, I've been doing, man, I've done everything, man. I, I can't, I've, stories I've bought, I can't even put on the internet. I've done everything you can imagine to try and get some money in the bank. I've done it all. From <laughs> so, I've done it all. But I, I made my first million at 27. That's when I made my first million dollars. And that's when I first realized that million dollars really ain't that much money. Like it is money. If you have it liquid in the bank, it's money. But it really ain't much. Like if you want to go house shopping and find a house you like, there's gonna be a whole bunch of houses you can't even get close to affording. You know, you want to have a nice car. It depends how nice it is. You want a Lambo or something. That's half your fucking money. Like it's, it's it, it really ain't that much. It's much, but it ain't that that much. What I learned is... Because when I made that first chunk, it was a big chunk of money and I, I didn't actually have any other real income. 
I, I'm, I can't tell the story, but I pulled off a big deal and I got this money. And I ended up just sitting there frugal as a motherfucker trying to just live off it. And you're thinking you're working it out going, if I want to live off this for X amount of years, it's fucking nothing. Well, I think what's most important is, is cash flow. If you can get yourself up to 15, 20, 30, $35,000 a month, you don't, you don't ever need to have a million dollars. It doesn't matter because you just have, if that money's guaranteed and that money's coming, then you're going to be all right. So I'd say just build, build the cash flow up, try and, you know, do get X amount from here, X amount from here, X amount from this, start this, start that, whatever. But if you have a certain amount a month just turning up every month on time, then shit gets a lot easier. That's that's my personal view, as opposed to so, thinking I need to get a million. Don't worry about that. Just get your monthly income up, you know? So cash flow, cash flow is the most important thing. Like I so, yeah. There's big numbers and um, like 50K, 100 grand a month around. Yeah, if you had 50K a month, you, you could live a very good life. If you had 50K a month for yourself, outside of the most exclusive bullshit, you could live a very good life. Like you could, you could rent a really nice place for five grand a month. You could go fuck buying a Lambo. Fuck it. Go down to a car rental place and say, I'm going to buy, I'm going to rent this same car all the time. Do me a deal on sunny days. I'll take it on sunny weeks. I'll take it. Oh, here's three grand. Here's four grand, whatever. Take the car when you need it. Don't give it back when you don't. Don't worry about ownership and all that bullshit. I mean, you, you have so much disposable liquid. You can do what the fuck you want, you know, and you may never have a million dollars in the bank. But who gives a shit? The yeah. money's definitely coming. And I think that that's easier. You're never going to be able to do that with a job. I'm not, I'm not the guy who shits on jobs. A lot of people shit on having a job. I'm not shitting on having a job at all. I'm just saying that if you want 50 grand a month coming in, you need to de-link your time to money. The, thing, only, the only negative about a job is your time and your money are linked. The more time you work, the more money you make. But time is finite. You only have a certain amount of time. You've got to sleep, you got to eat, you got to do other shit. If you de-link your time to money, then you can make a lot more because you're making money regardless of how long your time. So if you're selling a product that sells while you sleep, then who gives a fuck? So, but if, if your time and money are linked, but you're getting paid fucking $2,000 an hour, then whatever. So it depends what you do. But my, my point is, if you can find a way to sell some stuff, whatever, whatever, get up to 50K a month, then, then you're fine. You may never have a million dollars. Who gives a shit? Who cares? You're still living a millionaire life. Still a millionaire. So, no, so, uh, it's it's like about the lifestyle and not about chasing some random numbers pulled out of yeah. yeah man there's always there's always someone else with more money anyway like it's like you're chasing some number I'm a millionaire so who gives a fuck like there's always some other dude who does more and there's all these fucking crypto millionaires who made a shitload a couple years ago and there's always some dude sitting on a whole bunch of cash to to me it's just about having a lifestyle that allows you to 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 do what you want to do. Because I do a lot of work and I do work hard. I'm tweeting like a motherfucker. I'm always like doing a lot of work. But I always make sure I have time to like train. No matter how busy I am, I'll take two hours out of my day and train. What's the point in being rich if I can't train? What's the point in being rich if I can't look after myself? Like, what's, what's the fucking point of it at all? What's the point in being rich if you can't take a day off to go fuck that girl you want to fuck? Like, what's the point? So it's, it's about, you know, having a lifestyle. I, I, being a millionaire is a lifestyle to me more than a number. Because there's millionaires who are, who are working in a bank and they're doing 15 hours a day and their wife's cheating on them. Are they a millionaire? Well, who gives a shit? A millionaire is <laughs> a lifestyle. A millionaire is the guy you see on the beach on a Wednesday afternoon with those two hot chicks. And he ain't going to go nowhere or do nothing. So even if you're making 50 grand a month, you're more of a millionaire if you're chilling by that beach than if you're in some, you know, bank, you know, about to have a heart attack. So to me, the word millionaire is much more about a lifestyle and an attitude than 
than, a, than about physical numbers of money, you know? Okay. So um, what were the most important lessons you had in business so far? Good questions, man. Uh, I don't know. I was always quite savvy with like trusting people and those kind of things. I was always quite smart with that. I don't think I ever really made too many big mistakes besides putting money into things that I should have just done on the cheap. You know, I think another thing to, to learn is that the man who chases two rabbits catches neither of them. You know, you want and, and people always talk about multiple income streams, multiple income streams. You have to have multiple income. People talk about that all the time. If you got one thing and it's going all right and it's making money, if it's possible, yeah, yeah. I mean, some things you can't scale, but if it can be scaled and that's what you know, then there's nothing wrong with sticking with what you know. I mean, I know I've been offered all the time. Hey, Tate, we could open a restaurant. I'm like, you think I have time to be worried about fucking restaurant? I ain't got time to be worried about that shit. Like, <laughs> staff stealing from me and the kitchen ain't clean properly. And I ain't got time for it. Men I ain't got the mental space for that kind of problems, you know? Would it make me money? Probably. Would I be richer? Well, maybe. But it's like, do I have the mental capacity to deal with that shit? No. So just focus on what you're doing at the time and, and, and get paid. And I think one of the only things I wish I could tell my younger self is the, is the power of just being happy. Because I, I was pissed off all the time. And it was, a, it was a massively, it was a huge motivation for me. It's the reason I am where I am, so I can't complain. I, I was a, a, one of those get rich or die trying guys. I would have robbed a bank by now if I didn't get where I got, luckily. But and you, you also always uh, like to talk about like using your anger for, for more motivation and working hard. Absolutely, absolutely. But I think that what you need to do is you got to use your anger to motivate you to, to find the right path. And once you're on the right path, you, you need to let go a little bit and enjoy it. Does that make sense? Now I'm a little bit more like I enjoy it. Back Back then, I was, I was much more like, fuck, even when I was on the path, I was, I was never content. I was never happy. More, more, more. Oh, I made 10 grand today. Fuck it. I want more, like more, more, more. And it was good because it made me who I am. But now maybe because I've got it, it's easier to say this now, but I'm a bit more like we've done good today and just be more happy with, you know, the achievement. But I don't know, man, I, I, I don't like to consider myself a business guru in many ways. I, I don't consider myself a businessman. I don't wear suits. I'm not a clean cut guy. I don't have a clean cut image. You know, I'm not, I'm not the typical, oh, the business, I'm not that guy. I'm, I'm fucking running around here, just acting, spunking money and chasing chicks in Romania and, <laughs> you know, like I'm on Twitter saying everything I'm not supposed to say. So I don't really consider myself a, a, a business guru as, as such. But I think if you, if, if, if you're quite smart and you, you can sit down, you can read people well and you can treat people with respect and they treat you back and, I think I don't think it's that complicated. I think you can always do fairly well with things as long as you can give people a mutual interest, you know. So if you want, if, I think this is one of the biggest mistakes people make now I think about it is they approach people with shit that doesn't interest them. I get people all the time come to me saying, let's do this, this, this. I say, okay, I see why that benefits you. What the fuck do I get out of it? <laughs> you know yeah, what I mean? Point. You say, oh, but we'll make loads of money. I say, well, we might make loads of money, maybe. So you're promising me something that's a maybe. You know, my, my side of the deal is to allow you to follow your dream. That's your side of the deal. And my side of the deal is that if we make money, maybe I'll get some back. Well, that, that's not a deal. You know, you got to be able to incentivize people. And if you can do that, if you can come along and say, look, I want your help spreading the word about X. That's going to help me because this is what, obviously X is what I own. 
If you do that for me, it'll help you because. And start making people think about themselves because everyone's a selfish motherfucker. Everyone is. Everyone's selfish. <laughs> this is how I sold, though. When I sold advertising, this is how I sold. I'd sit there and say, yeah, well, you need this because it's going to make you rich. So, you know, 50 grand campaign ain't going to make me rich. Putting you on TV for 50 grand, yeah, ain't going to make me rich, but it's going to make you rich. And then, you know, you're the ones going to be selling all the products. I, I didn't even pitch it about me or about TV. I pitched it about you. So you want it. You're the one who has to have it. Otherwise, you're not going to you're not going to be rich. So you have to do this. You got to incentivize people with with motive, with selfish motives. And if you do that, you'll you'll always be okay. I'm I'm pretty good at that now. Even to this day, I'll sit down and say, look, you're going to do this for me, and this is what you're going to get, and this is what you're going to get, and this is what you're going to get. And I'll sit there and go, all right. So, so uh, appear to emotions like basically, right? Well, to a degree, yeah. But you know, everyone's everyone's selfish, and we're all designed to be selfish. We've evolved to be selfish. It's normal. So um, use it to make sure there's something in it for them and something that's very tangible and, and exactly what they want. Some people want money. Some people don't want money. Some people want other things, you know. Some people want to be part of a, of a bigger thing. There's a lot that can motivate people, but it's, it's much easier when you're in a position of power, of course. When you've already got some cash, it's much easier. If you're already big, it's much easier. You know, like Joe Rogan doesn't have to pay anyone to go on his podcast. People yeah, he has the leverage, right? It's, exactly. So it, it gets easier as you get higher up. You just got to be more creative down the bottom and think, How can I make people want to, to, you know, to whatever with me? How can I make people want to do business with me? You know, and if, if you can do that, you'll be all right. Let's say like a podcast, for example. If you say to someone, do you want to come to my podcast? And I say, yeah. You say, do you want to come to my podcast? Because when you come on my podcast, I'm going to make sure it's promoted here, here, here. I'm going to make sure it's retweeted by this person, that person. <laughs> You're going to be seen by this many million. Da, da, da. Then it makes people think, oh, okay, I want to go in because it's for me. You know where I'm coming from. This is an example, but there's lots you can do to make people think, I really want to do that. So that's, that's, that's basically my basic rule of business. Make people want to do stuff for you. And that's it. Make yourself Great advice. Great advice, my man. Great advice. Um, let's, let's switch gears a bit. I know you said, like, you're not the business guru, but I think you, 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 you know how to make money, right? You know how, how business works and stuff like that. But um, you, you also are, like, traveling a lot, right? Yeah. And... Um, You like to 100 places? I don't know. Like, I've been, yeah, I've been to I've been to 71 countries. So I've been to a lot. Seven, okay, crazy, crazy. So, um, tell us like what were the most important insights you had while traveling? Like maybe traveling the third world or? Yeah, I mean, I've been everywhere. I think one of the reasons I I travel so much is because I'm super spontaneous with it. I don't plan. This is a benefit of having money. When you don't have money, you have to plan things because you've got a job or you've got to make sure you can afford it. But when you have money, you've got to plan nothing. Like it's nine o'clock where I am now. If I want to go to Japan, I can find a flight at 11 and I'll go. You know, like I don't give a fuck. So I'm very spontaneous with it. I think one of the reasons I do that is because I kind of feel like I missed out on my life when I had less money. Does that make sense? I kind of still feel like, oh shit, I've got money now. I never used to be able to do this stuff. So now I have to do it. So for a long time, I was traveling like fucking crazy. And this year, I actually made a New Year's resolution to try and not travel. Because last year, I was traveling so fucking much. This year, I want to stay still and just try and focus and just chill out. But um, when you travel long enough, I, I end up getting some weird habits. Like I, I refuse to carry a suitcase ever. I can't stand luggage now. I think luggage is, is just... Luggage is the ult ultimate decadence to me now. I see people as they get to the airport. I look at the world different. I see people as they get to the airport with their big ass case and all their stuff. 
I need my stuff. I'm going to go to for I'm going for a week to Spain. I need cases and cases of things. It's like you won't enjoy your time if you don't have all this stuff. Who gives a fuck? Who cares? My people are so materialistic. I'm this is from the guy with four supercars and I'm calling people materialistic. People are materialistic. <laughs> but they they care about just, just garbage things. Like if I have to go to a business meeting, I need a particular suit or something maybe. But in general, I'll just rock up somewhere with the clothes I'm wearing. If I need a new T-shirt, look, you and I are both wearing the same kind of jumper. We can pick a new one of these up. Yeah. Whatever. We'll just land somewhere, 30 bucks, throw this in the hotel, wash overnight. They have laundry oh, the next day, put it back on, have a shower bank. I don't like having stuff with me. I feel like having stuff with me is now is, is more a symbol of just materialism and, and, and garbage. I like having a small bag of my passport, a phone charger, a toothbrush, and me. I'm combat ready. I'm, I'm mobile. And I've, tra I've traveled for months like that. Not even in poor countries, in developed countries. I'll travel for months with that bag. You travel for months with a bag, you're going to lose half the stuff anyway. So you always end up losing it. Then you're carrying this big-ass bag around, trying to get in and out of taxis, bag. I just feel, I don't know, there's something about it I don't like. That's the only thing I'd say I really picked up. People say traveling teaches you a lot, and I don't, I don't think that's true. I think it teaches you a lot about yourself because a lot of people, traveling is the first time they had to be responsible. Most people, if you're living in your fucking dad's house and your dad's a fucking rich and you're sitting around smoking weed and then you decide, <laughs> then you decide to go to Thailand, well, that's the first time in your life you need to find yourself. Find yourself. Yeah. <laughs> that's the first time in your life you need to, to actually go and be responsible and find somewhere to sleep and eat properly. Like, so to them, they're like, wow, I'm learning so much. They're just idiots. If you if you live a purposeful life anyway at home, if you're already organized, living living on your own, getting your shit right, running a business, you're, you've already you already you're already learning about yourself. So by the time I went traveling, because I'd already been world champion kickboxer, I'd already made money, I already knew all about myself. There's nothing more to learn. So you go around, you see these places. The world ain't that different, bro. You know, I'm in Romania now, and everyone goes, "What the fuck, Romania?" We go down the road. There's still a Starbucks. You know, people are still driving Hondas and, and, and Toyotas and fucking BMWs. The world is globalized. Everywhere is basically the same. It's, yes. To me, I, I don't, I've never really been anywhere and been like, wow, it's so different. Because it isn't. It isn't. <laughs> there's stores. There's people. There's booze. There's hotels. It's all the fucking same shit. So my, my, own, my only real traveling tip is I, I just don't – I try not to carry luggage. You don't need that garbage. Fuck that. So minimalism is like a big topic for you, right? Yeah, it is when I travel. In in my own life, I guess it's not. I, I mean, I have some expensive things. I don't have like I don't have shitloads of clothes and those kind of things. Certain things don't interest me. But um, when I travel, I absolutely believe minimalism is the thing. Because if you're go if you're going to a country to see that country, if that's why you're going, why the fuck do you care what color your t-shirt is? Doesn't matter. Yeah. You're going you're going to see the Great Wall of China, for example. Why did, does, if you see it in a green t-shirt or a purple t-shirt, who gives, who the fuck cares? You know, like, it's, it's, I don't, oh, I need my case. I need all my clothes. Like who cares? Who the fuck cares? Just go there and buy a fucking t-shirt. Like, I don't know. People are weird, you know? And this is why I don't like traveling with women. I fucking, bro, I don't want to long out. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I hate traveling with women. I hate taking my girlfriend on holiday. I hate being with girls. Being with women in general is all right, but being with women when you're trying to travel, they are fucking, it's like having a child. You know, imagine trying to go travel with a kid. 
I need the toilet. I'm hungry. My bag. I lost this. I need this. We need to go here. I need to go buy one of these. Uh, uh, it's like, shut the fuck up. Like, I can't stand that shit. Every time I go travel with a girl, she's got a big ass case of stuff. We get there. She still needs to buy something. I'm hungry. I'm tired. I need to go to the toilet. Blah, blah, blah. It's just like, they're fucking slow. I like to move quickly. And I mean that like literally. When I walk, I walk fast. When I'm in an airport, everything's bum, 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 It's just do, 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 do. They're just like, it's like having a kid. I can't explain. I feel like I'm babysitting full time. If you, if your flight, if my flight gets delayed and I have to stay in an airport overnight or something, me and my brother will go sit in the corner and go to sleep or sit in the corner and stay awake, whatever. Like fucking men. Try that shit with a woman. Oh my God, uh, I can't sleep on the floor. Uh, uh, uh. It's just like fucking, you don't want to punch their face in. I can't fucking stand it. I cannot, I hate traveling with girls. I said this last time I went away with my girl. I said, I don't want to take you anywhere ever again. You can just stay the fuck home. I'll go traveling by myself. So, yeah. Um, I think everybody would love to hear like your three most uh, or favorite places. Like you say, okay, it's always the same and... But I think you will have like like sweet sweet favorites. <coughs> yeah. Um, oh, oh, don't you want to share your secrets? <laughs> it depends what you're trying to do. Like it, it, the first time you go to Thailand is cool for adventure and shit. You know, the first time. It depends really what you're looking to do. If you if you're trying to, it's hard for me to say because I've got a lot of favorites depending on what mood I'm in. If I'm trying to just like rock up in a hotel eat good food, drink some martinis, smoke some cigars, completely super low key. And no one really like know where I am, what I'm doing. I'm just turning my brain off, just get some work done, chill. I like to go to Slovakia, which is a town called Kashice, which no one would have ever been. I like that place. It's got a really <laughs> nice, beautiful center. It's got a really nice Hilton at the end of it. And it's, it's cheap and you can just chill there. If you want to go on adventure and you want to go fucking explore caves and kayak through mountains and all that kind of stuff, blah, 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 then, then, then Thailand's the one. But I live in Romania now. And Romania is my probably, Romania is my number one favorite country I've ever been to. Romania is awesome. I really like it here. And it's super underrated. No one comes here. And there's no foreigners, which I like as well. I like that. I'm the only motherfucking American here, basically. Um, it's, it's, it's got shitloads of hot girls, lots to do, real big social scene. Um, the country itself has got some beautiful nature. They've got beaches, they've got mountains, they've got skiing, they've got everything you can think of. Amazing roads for driving. You know, like for me, all in all, this is the place I want to stay. I, I, I will never move anywhere else. You know, it's a cool, it's a cool place. But if, if I, I would, I can't necessarily recommend it as a travel destination because some people will turn up here and unless I show them around and I can, I plug them into the, the social network, they'll be like, what the fuck, where am I? I'm about to get shot. So, you know, it's one of them places. Okay, so and 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 like for for twenty year olds, what would you say? For twenty year olds, I'd say you got to go. There's a reason everyone goes to Thailand and Southeast Asia. There's a reason everyone goes, and that's because if you're careful with money, it can be cheap. There's a lot to do. You can get some good adventure. You know, you can go to a lot of different places quickly and cheaply. You can check out lots of different islands. You can go from Vietnam to, to Laos to you know, to uh, Thailand and all the different islands. You can travel across it. You can rent a motorcycle for $5 a day and drive all over. Like, there's a lot of adventure to be had cheap. So I went when I was 20 and I had the time of my life. I went a few weeks ago and I kind of felt like I was over it. I was in Thailand. I just got back. 
And I kind of felt like, nah, I prefer my upscale, sophisticated cocktail bars now, as opposed <laughs> to lady boys trying to grab my dick. When you're 20, it's funny. So I'd say young people definitely go check Thailand out. You're going to have fun. Okay, great. Um, okay, before we, we move on to the last three questions, um, let's talk about mindset. So you've been a four times uh, world-class kickbox champion. Um, what does uh, or, or what separates uh, a kickbox champion, self-made millionaire, chess master from the average Joe? Well, I think a lot of it's just down to, to I don't want to sound cliche and say the typical shit that everyone expects me to say. Yeah. Say like motivation and discipline and <laughs> confidence and all these bullshit things. Everyone, you know, all of those are, are involved, of course. Yeah. Um, I think it's just down to how you value yourself. Like I, I was extremely difficult and hard on myself. I've always been my biggest critic. Always. People go right now, you're arrogant. You love yourself. I'm the opposite. I'm my biggest critic. I would win a world title fight and win the world championship. And in the hotel afterwards, be disappointed in how I fought. And my brother and my coach would be like, what the fuck? You fought the world champion. That guy you fought, that guy you beat is hard as a motherfucker. Of course he hit you. I'm like, yeah, but he caught me here. It's like, who cares? You, you beat him. You know, like I, I was like, I was always so self-critical. And it doesn't work for everyone, but that's what worked for me. That was my drive to do better because I was always super self-critical. I mean... It's, it sounds contradictory and it sounds impossible. I believe you can be completely in love with yourself and arrogant as fuck and also super self-critical at the same time. I believe you can do both. And people go, no, you got to be confident that I am confident, but I also am my biggest critic. I, 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 have, I have both sides of it juxtaposed and to me it worked well. I was confident and arrogant, but at the same time, super critical of myself. Not many people do both. They do one or the other. I think if you can put the combination together, you'll do well. You know, if you can sit there and go, yeah, I'm the best, but I fucked up. You know where I'm coming from? Yeah. So this is, this, this is what I always did with, with, with everything I did. I was always critical of myself. And uh, it helped me because I used it as motivation. So everyone out there thinks, oh, Tate's just stuck up. Da, 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 da. The only person who's bad advice or the only person who's negative opinion I listen to is my own. And I, let it, I, I use it as fuel. That's all it is, man. It's just putting energy in the right places. You put energy in the right places, you'll be successful. Like talent is, is great, but you don't know if you're talented until you're already in the top 1%. Because up until there is all hard work. You know, like you can be the most talented kickboxer in the world, but if you never train and never even try kickboxing, who knows? No one knows. And you can be, you could have no, you could have no talent, but work your ass off in the gym to the point where you're still beating the best guys. So you're only going to detect the talent in the top 1% anyway. You know, the rest is all just hard, hard, hard work. There's nothing else to it, but just hard work and not quitting and not being distracted and dedication and blah, 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 blah. Usual answer, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I, I know you like to say, like, people who are searching for tricks are lazy, right? <laughs> you, you, there's a lot of things you can't fake. This is the thing. The whole world now is selling tips and tricks trying to make people learn how to fake things. Even in the even in the sphere, the kind of Twitter corner I've ended up on is the manosphere, like the self-improvement, how to get girls, end of Twitter. There's a lot of guys saying, to get girls, you need to come across as alpha, blah, 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 blah. And I'm reading there reading going, you're trying to learn how to come across as alpha. Why don't you just become an alpha? 
<laughs> yeah. Like, then you haven't got to learn. Then you haven't got to trick anything. Then, because the girl, even if you fool the girl and you and you get her the first night or you fuck her, and, whatever. And you fool yourself, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, sooner. Yeah, exactly. So one or two things is gonna happen. Even if you, even if you fool the girl and you get her, sooner or later she's gonna work you out and she's gonna leave you. Secondly, if you fool yourself and you really think you're the man, sooner or later someone's gonna come and check you. So you want to walk around like you're the big G, and then someone's gonna go about to punch you in the face. You shit yourself. You know, like so it's like you you can't. Why why are you trying to fake it? I don't I, I don't understand the whole tips and tricks attitude. I believe in just just do it, just become it. Do you know? I don't see the whole point in trying to fake it all the time. So I'm not really a tips and trickster, really. It's not my it's not my thing. Okay, so um, we are like uh, at the end of our conversation. So what were the most or, or the two most or three most important things you have learned like in the past five years? Um. My dad died, unfortunately, three years ago. So I learned how important it is to appreciate what you have while you have it, uh, especially with family and those kind of things. Everyone says that, but no one does it. No one does it. Everyone says that, but no one does it. Everyone goes, oh, yeah, I appreciate what you have while you have it. And they don't. Like, since my dad died, me and my brother have been together every day. Brilliant. Every day. Every day. It's not a day we don't see each other. Because we thought, you know what? No, we're actually the people who actually appreciate what we have while we have it. So that's the first thing you've got to do. And a lot of people out there go, oh, I do appreciate what I have. No, you don't. You don't. So that's the first important lesson I guess I learned. Um, I don't know if I've learned that too many. That, besides that particular event in my life, I can't think of the last time I sat down and really thought, Fuck, wow, the world's taught me something. I hate to sound like I know it all. <laughs> um, but, but but the thing is, I'm, I'm, I'm a resilient person, so not many things affect me in, in, a, in a grand scheme. Like, like even if my car gets stolen, which has happened, or I had a guy try and stab me and kill me, whatever, it happened in London. But none of, none of it made me sit there and go, I'm not that dude. I'm like, okay, car's gone now. Give me a taxi. I'm very just logical, like to the point, bang, done, car's gone. Done. Dude tried to stab me while I'm alive, so fuck it. I mean, just, I'm very much like that. So there's very few things I sat and thought, wow, I fucked up. Because this is how you learn. You got to fuck up to learn. In reality, you got to fuck up to learn. People say, you can learn without fucking up. And you don't really learn unless you fuck up. So with my dad, I felt like I fucked up because I didn't see him often enough. But with the car, well, I didn't fuck up. We can't help it that someone steals your car. You got you to drive it, you got to park it. You yeah. tried to stab me. Well, that's because that's he's a fucking idiot. Do you know what I mean, so I can't think of the last time I made a monumental mistake to really learn from in the last few years. I know it sounds stupid because even when you do make mistakes, they're, 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 they're forced mistakes. Like in chess, sometimes you, I'm playing chess, I play chess all the time, and you make a mistake, but you're forced. If you don't do that move, even though it's not the best move, if you don't do it, you lose. So you have to do it. It's a forced move. You know, so my car got stolen, was forced to drive it. The guy tried to stab me. Well, I have to walk around. I can't stay in my house. I lost a lot of money in business. Well, I'm trying to I'm trying to make money. So I lost money trying to make money. You're gonna you're gonna fuck up sometimes. So they're all forced moves. So I, I can't think of the last time I made a conscious fuck up besides that one. So I only have I only have the one to tell, unfortunately. Okay. So maybe let me rephrase it a little bit. Um, what do you know that more people should know and which pisses you off? The one thing that that I just don't think people truly understand is is genuinely, and this is genuine is genuinely how unimportant we all are. 
And I know this is a really pessimistic end to the podcast. Everyone's about to fucking listen to this and go get depressed. But none <laughs> of us, none of, we matter to a few select group. We, we matter to a few select people. And that's it. Even if you're famous and people think you matter, oh, everyone cares about whoever. You don't, no one gives a fuck. When a famous person dies, people update their Facebook for a day and then that's it, it's done. No one actually cares. Besides, you've got four or five people around you who care. Nothing. The world continues, man. If, if, if I were to die tomorrow in a car crash, the world would keep on trucking. You know, you'd carry on doing your podcast and Romania would still be a country and Twitter would still be Twitter. Like, that's it. The world. So you're not you're not important. So if your death isn't even important, when people start thinking, oh, I got this big problem. Your problem is so insignificant to the world. No one gives a fuck at all. No one cares. The only person who cares is you. And that's what amazes me about people is that they have these problems and they expect other people to give a shit. And I don't understand why. Like, I've got problems. You've got problems. Everyone's got problems. But me, I know the only person who cares is me. I don't even talk about my problems because I know no one gives a fuck. I, I, I believe this so adamantly. I don't even tell my girlfriend of six years my problems. I don't even Because she doesn't care. Oh, we have this problem with the bank. Da, da, da. Oh, that's a shame. Like, what's, what's she going to do? She can't fix it. Do you know what I mean? It's better off just to fuck her and go to sleep. Do you know what I mean? Like, there's nothing to talk about. So I, I, I really don't believe in, in uh, people have this view that, you know, their issues matter somehow. Your issues matter to yourself. You know, you, you have the whole world outside of you and you have the world inside of you. And the world inside of you, okay, your, your issues matter. But to the grand scheme of the planet, you don't matter for fuck. Even Trump, even the most important people on the planet, the world wouldn't stop. The sun is going to keep rising, no matter who dies, no matter what your problem is. And when you realize how insignificant you are, it becomes it becomes a powerful force because you start to think, well, the world doesn't give a fuck about me. So I might as well just do whatever it takes to try and be happy within myself because sitting around waiting for, waiting for external validation it ain't coming. Waiting for the outside world to do something to make me happy it ain't coming. So it's just, it's just all about me. You know, it's a special kind of selfishness which you can develop which can be quite powerful. So next time you hear someone complaining it's about something, just sit there and look at them and think, I don't know what the fuck you're complaining for because no one gives a fuck. No one cares. And that's, that's the reality of the world, in my experience. Man, it has been so great. Um, one last question, one last question. Um, what would you say to your 20-year-old self? What would I say to my 20-year-old self? Man, fucking hell. Life, business. Woman, when, when I was 20, I was fucking these two girls. I had two chicks. And I, at the same time, and they both knew, but they both kind of stuck with me. And one of them was kind of cool with it. And one of them was complaining, saying, you have to choose one of us. I, I pulled off for like six months. And you have to choose. You have to choose. And I chose, and I chose the wrong chick. So I could go back in time. I tell my 20-year-old <laughs> self, no. <laughs> the titties, the podcast. <laughs> titties ain't worth it, bro. Don't go down that path. Because the other, one, the other chick I threw away. The, I'm telling you, man. I've had. I don't. I don't want to start saying numbers. But I, I have experience. Just leave it at that. I know girls. And that chick I threw away was probably the best woman I've ever met in my life. Really? If I, I've never known a woman on her level of submissiveness. She used to. I used to drive her. She had a car. I had no money. I had no driving license, no insurance. I took her car off her same day she bought one. With no license, no insurance, never gave it back to her for six months. 
took her car, used it to pick up other girls, cheated on her, took money from her. Everything I was abusive did it. She was so in love with me. She was like, anything you say. I said, I'm going to, I said, I want to go away with my friends for a week to Ibiza. Get some money and, and give it to me. And she'd give me the money. I'd go to Ibiza and she'd catch me with some other girl in Ibiza. I took another girl to Ibiza on her money and she'd text me like, oh, that upset me, but I love you. So I'll see you when you're back. And that was like, it was insane. Right. And I was a fucking idiot. And this other girl I got with was like, get rid of her. And I was like, all right, fuck it. And I fucked her off. And then this other girl turned out to be a dumbass bimbo hoe. And I just fucked it up. So if I go back in time, I would have kept her because I'd still have her to this day. I still have other girls, obviously, but you know, she'd be like cleaning or something. I don't know. That's what I would have done. <laughs> Man, it has been so great. Um, tell people where, where they can connect with you and find you on the social webs. And yeah, I'm on, I'm on Twitter at Tate Speech, T A T E Speech. It's a play on hate speech because I was arrested for that once. We'll talk about that in another podcast. Um, my Twitter will probably get banned sooner or later. So my YouTube is Tate Speech also, youtube.com slash Tate Speech, and Instagram at Cobra Tate, C-O-B-R-A-T-A-T-E. Okay, great, man. I hope everyone who has been listening to this episode is going to follow you. And um, uh, thank you very much. It has been great. Thanks, brother.